Welcome to the 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast, a retrospective. Hey folks, Brennan here. Thanks for tuning in to our 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. If you want to reach out or follow us, we're on Facebook and YouTube as 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch as 25 Years of VTM, and on our website at 25yearsofvtm.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash 25 years of vampire the masquerade. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is uh, yours truly. I was going to say Bob and always the intro suck for me. You know that by now. Uh, but what I wanted to talk to you about is that uh, right now what we're doing with the podcast and why you don't have one this week uh, is because we're ending a podcast. And that's right. We're going to stop doing Vampire Requiem. Why we're going to stop Vampire Requiem was pretty much at the end of the line. There's like four books in the novels. And the novels we're always leaving to be at a later date when we want a fun project to throw out. And we haven't hit there yet because we still feel there's a lot of content to review, go over, and understand from our perspective. So Requiem, though, had a great job. You know, DJ and Brennan ended it on a positive note. They got to the goal book they wanted to, why they started reviewing with me to go through Requiem, and they got to hit that and all the numbers. And I couldn't be prouder that they had the space to do it. And uh, that's uh, the cool thing. Uh, what we got going ahead, though, is that we have a different project that we're building for. And this project's going to require all hands on deck, and it's going to reduce us to one podcast a month. Now, that's one podcast where we're going to be presenting something different to fill that other slot. You're not leaving uh, empty-handed and whatnot, and you'll hear more about that later. Um, so, without further ado, though, the thing that we're going to get into... Werewolf 5th Edition is, uh, has been announced as uh, not only that it's coming, it definitely is now. Um, it's also got some pretty saucy topics in there. People are abuzz and have feel some type of way about it. But I want to ask you right now, imagine having the same meal every day in and out without end for the rest of your life. Your favorite meal. Make it your favorite meal. But for 365 days for three meals a day. All you're going to get is that meal. And I imagine you're going to think that you're going to get sick of it. You're going to wish you had salt or pepper or, or hot sauce or whatever is your favorite topping with it to switch in and out. I'll even give you those, but I'm willing to bet you're going to be sick of it before too long. You're going to hate that meal because that's all you get. It doesn't ever change. How does this relate to World 5th Edition? They told everybody that they have basically... They welcome the super fans of Werewolf the Apocalypse, the old guard, as we'll call it here. And they're saying, come along and, and, and see what's new. But understand, Werewolf 5th Edition is a new imagining of Werewolf 5th Edition. And it comes necessary. And this necessary part, I got to tell you, because it's not an easy pill to swallow. The necessary part is change is good. Change is good to keep interest, and any company needs to go through it. That's why we're changing our Requiem line, or changing from Requiem to another topic and another project. That's why they changed from Apocalypse to a different werewolf, and that's why they call it Werewolf 5th Edition. Now, you're wondering where the 5th Edition comes from? Well, it's because they want you to understand that a lot of the material you saw in the, in the Old Guard is an inspiration. Yes, the story came from there, but a lot has changed. Changed so much that they're calling it a new edition. So it's Werewolf 5th Edition. But the storylines and stuff don't necessarily land and line up with anything you've read before. In fact, hopefully they don't. I, I didn't read all of it, right? I, I read what you had. I got what you got. 
Um, but I want to tackle uh, a few things here. Number one, um, yes, they did say that the rumors about the Get Offenders being a villainous group and whatnot. Um, why I want to talk about this is because it's not a bad thing. They didn't do it because the Get had a camp called the Sword of Heimdall that did some bad stuff. They were they were, they were Nazi positive and extremists and going for all that. In fact, in the Get Offenders tribe book, the rest of the tribe were trying to kill that camp, eliminate it, because that's not what they're about, because that camp led to the worm and they knew that. And that was a goal. That was an interplot for the tribe back in the day that worked for like circa 1990, whatever. That's not going to fly in 2022. And the company knows that. You didn't have to tell them that. They knew that. And they said, but we don't want to get rid of the good content that they get have and what makes sense and what goes on. And to me, it makes perfect sense when you understand that we're a fifth edition. Is Gaia gone? Right? They said Gaia could be dead. She could be so weakened she can't do anything for herself. She's gone. They use a great story analogy where they talk about a billionaire. The billionaires are lining up to bring the special axe that kills the final tree type thing. It's something like that. I'm paraphrasing it. But what that's highlighting to you is that the world has definitely changed. Because in the apocalypse, we were like eco-terrorists who had a chance at stopping the worm. Now it sounds like in fifth edition, it's a new ballgame. And the changes are going to be dramatically impactful across the board. So you're going to have Get, who swore to be the strongest tribe ever, that were willing to take over Cairns if they felt you were too weak to defend them. But with Gaia gone, we failed. That's what they get at the face, is failure and accept it. But if you know that tribe like I do, they weren't accepting that. No way. And so who knows how crazy they get with it. But we all know what happens to fanatics. We all know. When you're lost in your own echo chamber and that's all you can hear is yourself and you believe you're in the right, welcome to the new tyranny. And you got to think of the get now as being the villains you said they always were for some of you. But if you're me, my favorite tribe is the get offenders. When I heard this, I was like, holy shit, how? What happened? What went on? And then I said to myself, well, I don't know how it happened yet, but now I'm excited to read about how it happened because they would be an outstanding villain, especially if they weren't beholden to the worm they're at risk of becoming the new black spirals because i like the idea i don't know if this is true but i like the idea of the gen offenders running around specifically killing the white howlers ignorant to the fact that that very pursuit of war to do that very thing makes them the new white howlers the best version of them and more devastating and it would be a nightmare race right for the remaining werewolves to eliminate the strongest tribe they had as far as they could see warrior wise before the beast of war gets a hold of them or whatever it's going to be now. And, and that's, that's a lot of unknown. I'm excited. Um, there was uh, a friend of mine who mentioned that there was a black fury figurine that was made, uh, for, for a game. And, uh, I believe it was retaliation. And, uh, they pointed out, they said, yeah, you know, they made it a male black fury. That's like, they don't even know the product. What's going on with that? And I said, there are, there are male black furies. They're, they're metis. You know, they're, the black furies are about, they're, they're more female-centric. They're not an only female tribe, though. They're female-centric. And why are they female-centric? Because the idea of Amazons are cool. And you can tell they pulled from that. The idea of the Gorgons are cool. And they pulled from that. And they wanted to make a badass-themed group that had a different uh, style. They didn't want it to be a patriarchal style. They wanted to try something different. And they made it a matriarchy. And in a matriarchy, women are dominant. But they made room for males. And, and that's back in the day, even. And so it was more just metis, right? That's what they would take and that's what they would do. And that's a very interesting way that the tribe used to be ran. But 
think 2022, think now. And equality is not only a huge thing, it's a demanded thing. And that's where a company is going to want to want to try to strike the vein in to be a very good thing. And so with that, it's very bold to say flat out, yeah, Black Fury can be male now. And you can think to yourself, is it just an equality piece? Well, throw that out of your head entirely. That's what I did. I could see where people would take that angle to immediately make it political. Um, in my opinion, it was done because it's common sense. If Gaia is dead, you need all the soldiers you can get. You need all the soldiers you can get. And if we're dealing with now society, we're a woke society. You mean to tell me that there isn't strong warriors out there that the Black Furies would consider? Hey, you're pretty politically minded and you call yourself a feminist and you stand for a lot of principles and we believe in that shit. And it's an update, right? It makes sense. We're, we're fighting for our very existence now and we need to breed with smart, already strong people who get that we're equal, man or woman. And so to me, I think about that Black Fury male figurine and I go far out, fascinating, right? This tribe evolved from where they were and I wonder where they fit in, but we don't know yet. We haven't read the material. It's not out to read, but I know this much. It's a positive change. And then finally, I want to tackle that the, the change to the formerly known as Wendigo. They changed their name, but I thought about it. That needed to be updated too. And not because there's like 5% of the readers were upset because somehow this offended everybody in the Native American world. Um, I really tried to find Native Americans offended by it. And to me, I realized that if you try to find people that are offended by something, you're going to find them. Everybody likes that attention is, is what I've learned. And it's not wrong. It was just, hmm, I went about it the wrong way. And when I looked at it to see how I could be offended, I didn't get offended. I found ways to take it as fiction. I found ways to understand what that tribe stood for. And I said to myself, well, if Wendigo was gone, if there's a reason why it's gone, that's a good thing. And I thought to myself, maybe there is a strong story reason. And what if Wendigo um, wasn't strong enough? Right. In its inception, it's a cannibal spirit. It's there, but it represents a spirit of greed. Right. Every Wendigo story you've heard of is somebody who is in insatiable. They can't be satisfied. And they're in remote places. And when they feel alone, there's this hallowed spirit of cold and misery that inhabits them and drives them to commit cannibalism, right? In some horrific way, in a representation of a hole that can't be filled, they also are gluttons. They can't be satisfied and they need to be put down to protect. And to me, I always took it as a story talking about the, the greed of the, um, the settling of America and how there was never enough for all that conquest that went on. And productivity and, and things like that, that, you know, folks just didn't understand there was lore made as to why they might be that way. They couldn't be content. And that's the way I took it. But when I thought about when to go in the werewolf tribe and you saw what they were and they just made it a totem, I was like, well, who's hurt by that? Who's hurt by that? There are like, I'm telling you, seriously, there's like 15 plus movies made where the Wendigo story is utilized. And I heard of nobody developing into a political thing to take it down. But that doesn't mean it didn't exist. It just means I didn't come across it. So I digress, though. Fear is going to shut down what you love, is what I'm going to tell you. And the more fear that makes you speak out in utter hatred to anybody trying to create something, you will eventually make that choice where folks trying to give you what you want have to listen to you. And if you're afraid of everything that could become up, that that can be offensive and that too is offensive and um, do a trick for yourself. Try to be offended about everything you ever read that you like. And I bet what you're going to find that a sheet of paper and pen is the only thing you're going to be left with. 
because nobody's going to want to write for you. Nobody's going to want to give you any opportunity to enjoy what they do because you're just a, you're just shooting down everything. And that's what I give to you. Uh, so if you listen this far, I appreciate it. Uh, but it's to let you know that we're making changes and I want you to come with us because we're going to really review Werewolf 5th Edition with an open mind, brand new to us as it is to you. And we're also going to finish the Werewolf the Apocalypse line so that we can note not only the changes, we can kind of enjoy that old stuff together and see if we can still find some value in it. And, and that's it, folks. We got more coming out. I appreciate you listening this far. Please, let's be not only more open minded. Let's stop the exhaustive effort of making everybody afraid of like this, that, or the other thing. Be more constructive. It's okay not to like something, but then state what it is you don't like about it. And if you don't see that change immediately because you don't like it, that doesn't mean it's bad. What it means is someone didn't agree with you enough to make that change for their company. And you got to realize that you're not the only one in this hobby any more than I'm the only one in this hobby. But you can make a podcast where if you truly feel that how you feel is correct, go there and see how many listeners you get that want to hear you just yell about anything. You know, that's some podcasts do that and some some get listeners. I'm not saying that it's not worth it. What I'm saying is don't ruin it for everybody else. Right. That's how I look at it. We got to stay positive, folks, and uh, and keep it up there. But um, do you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to our 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. If you like what you heard and want to support us, please share it with others or leave a review. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.